Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. In law school, he won a regional championship sponsored by the American Trial Lawyers Association. He has evaluated, handled, negotiated, and tried dozens of criminal cases. He is a member of the Charles Houston Bar Association and the Sacramento Consumer Attorneys. He has extensive experience in personal injury cases, representing injured individuals in motor vehicle accidents and other catastrophic incidents. He is truly a people's lawyer with excellent people skills. Dion Choice, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure to have you, Dion. I've always enjoyed talking to you. Where is Likewise. your office? Thank you. <laughs> Where's your office located now? I have two offices. I have an office in Fairfield, California. I also have an office in Sacramento, California. And what kind of a practice do you have? So I do criminal traffic and personal injury. As you know, I started my career at the DA's office, and I got a tremendous amount of experience doing criminal cases. And from there, I opened my own practice where I was heavily involved in criminal cases. My practice has kind of evolved where where I used to do like 80% criminal and 20% personal injury. It's kind of flip-flop now where I do probably 70% personal injury and maybe uh, 30% criminal and, and trafficking. Where are you from originally? I'm from the Bay Area. I My my family's from Berkeley, California. My mom and dad are, are, are both uh, graduates of Berkeley High. That's where they kind of uh, met and fell in love. And we, we, we grew up in Berkeley, but, you know, my dad was in school at the time. So he, he went to school in Idaho and I was actually born in Idaho. And he was, you know, once he finished school there, we, we came back to the Bay Area, back to Berkeley. And, and then we, we moved to Richmond area where, you know, I, I, I spent most of my school age days and graduated from Salesian High School. What was your experience in Salesian like? You know, Salesian actually helped me get uh, stable and, and a good foot on track in terms of my educational goals. And uh, I had a great experience, you know, my, my, my first year there, I got straight A's and, you know, I realized that, you know, I could, I could do the work and it was just a matter of the environment. And, uh, you know, I kind of thrived in that environment and I did well. Now, when you graduated from Salesian, where did you go to college? I ended up going to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, which happens to be an all-male college as well and all african-american male college primarily my brother had went there well he was two, my brother two years ahead of me and so he was there when, when i ended up starting he was a, going into his junior year when i started as a freshman so you know he kind of brought me in acclimated me and i, I sort of had a, a little head start there with, with him going there but morales college you know had some very famous alumni, probably one of our famous is Martin Luther King Jr. And it was a tremendous experience for me coming from California, where, you know, we, we kind of have a melting pot, you know, it's 
it's you know it's 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 pretty diverse here but you know it, it, atlanta was was a, a little bit of shock for me coming from california because you know you still got remnants of the segregated south you, you know you still have a lot of the the deep south traditions confederate flags that sort of thing and so it, it definitely was a a, a very eye-opening experience experience for me going going to the south being raised primarily in california what did you take up at morehouse what did you major in i majored in english you know when i first got to morehouse i read the all of the you know pamphlets cover to cover in terms of the curriculum the different majors and, uh, you know, w- what would be the best uh, fit for me going forward, knowing that I wanted to become a lawyer and English stood out because of, you know, all of the reading and writing necessary to, you know, pursue an English degree, which I, I felt would prepare me for law school and the insane amount of, of reading and writing that you have to do there. So once I decided that English was, was going to be my major, I stuck with it, you know, graduating in four years, and, and I, was, I was very focused. Where did you go to law school? Well, I, I took a do, detour before I, I went to law school. I ended up going to law school in California back at McGeorge School of Law in Sacramento. So in between Morehouse and McGeorge, let's talk about what you did then. Well, you know, because I, you know, when, when I started to get involved in my major, you know, I started to volunteer at, at after school programs, you know, teaching kids, doing work at schools around Atlanta, Georgia. And I started to catch the, the eye of my, my dean in the English department. And, you know, she she felt that I would have great success in, in the field of education. And, and she knew my desire, you know, to go to law school, but, you know, she introduced me to a program up at Harvard. It was a, a one-year uh, master's program in education. And she kind of convinced me to, you know, to take a year off and do that master's program at Harvard University. And I got my master's in education there. Um, it was a great experience in that whole area. It's just like the brain pulse of America. <laughs> you know, it's just so many intelligent people. How long were you at Harvard? It was it was a one-year program. <laughs> what did you do after that? You know, I, I went back to California and I started law school in New George. So academically, you pretty much went straight through. Yes, sir. Wow. Straight through. Wow. Straight through. When did you decide that you first wanted to be a lawyer? When, when did that kind of come across? Well, you know, I, I really got interested in, in becoming a lawyer watching Perry Mason when I was a kid. You know, I, I admired him. I used to always enjoy how, you know, he would always solve the case at the end, end of the, the trial or do something spectacular where it was like, aha, you know, got you. And, uh, you know, that kind of was the, you know, that piqued my interest, you know, because he was smooth, you know, he he was always well-dressed, always articulate, always had uh, command of the courtroom. And, and, you know, that, that really intrigued me. And so as a kid, I would always say, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be like Perry Mason. 
and then you know as as I you know started to matriculate through through high school and I ended up in college, the uh, the O.J. Simpson trial was 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 going on that whole O.J. Simpson ordeal, and I I I really got to to see and 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 listen to that trial, and I was just fascinated by all of the players. You know, it, it was it was just. You know, I just couldn't get enough of it. You know, I, I woke up every day and listened to that trial over and over again. And that sort of cemented my, you know, my goal of becoming a lawyer from when, you know, I, I was intrigued by the, the Perry Mason sitcoms. And so that kind of sealed the deal, seeing Johnny Cochran, seeing him actually doing it live. And, you know, I, I wanted to be like Johnny Cochran, to be honest. And so that, that kind of fueled the, the passion even even further. I, I didn't know any lawyers growing up, to be honest. And how was your experience at McGeorge? Did you enjoy it? I loved it, and uh, you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it at all. What was your first legal job? My first legal job, you mean out of out of law school or you know during law school? Well, what about during law school? Well, you know my first. My first job after my first year, I was I worked at an employment law firm, and you know I had the opportunity to go overseas. And I always tell you know students coming up, if you ever have the opportunity to go overseas, do that. Because I, I, I you know I I did this internship my first year at this employment law firm, you know one of the big employment law firms in Sacramento, and I hated it. And so I said after that experience that, you know, that's not the Perry Mason type experience I want. You know, I, I, I want to be in the courtroom. I want to get trial experience. And so I started to to hone in on the Alameda County DA's office. And, I, and I, you know, I heard great things about their office. And then from there, I decided to figure out a way to get in there. And so I, I ended up going to work for the California District Attorneys Association, which was located in Sacramento at the time. And, and they're the, you know, they're the, the largest district attorneys association of all the DAs in California. And they, you know, deal with policy and, you know, writing grants and, and supporting district attorneys offices across the country. So I said, if I can get in there, maybe... I can figure out a way, you know, to find my way to a DA's office, eventually Alameda County. So I, I did an internship with them after my, my first year. And I met a guy named Larry Brown, who was the executive director. You know, I worked with him and we got to get, we got to become pretty, pretty close and he liked my work. And so he was really good friends with Nancy O'Malley and they were like, you know, real close. So Obviously, he put a, in a good word for me, and I, I interviewed with Alameda County for their summer internship for the second year, and I and I was one of ten internships. And you probably are aware of, of that internship program and know how competitive and difficult it is to get into that program. And you know, kind of once you're in there, you kind of have you know, unless you mess up, you pretty much got a got a job in Alameda County. So. It ended up working out for me, and I, I that was my first job out of law school. So when you got out of law school, then the DA's office hired you as a deputy DA. Correct. And so that summer, as you know, as an intern, 
I was able to, to do my first jury trial supervised by uh, Butch Ford and, you know, the DUI and it was, it was a DUI. I think it was, I think it was either Capsack, who was the defense attorney. I think it was, I think it was Capsack and he had all, you know, Capsack was a well-known DUI lawyer back then. And he would, he would have a lot of attorneys that would come watch him during trials and, you know, yeah, he wrote a book. Yeah. He, you know, and he, he, you know, he would do all the training. And so, you know, a lot of people looked up to him in terms of what he was doing in the DUI world. And so during this trial, it was funny. I had all these, you know, defense attorneys in there watching it. So it was pretty cool. How'd you do? It was, it was a guilty verdict. You know, I did, you know, I I won the trial, but you know, to be honest, Lewis back then, you know, I I didn't have much, you know, understanding what I was actually doing. I was kind of like, you know, I, I had a good court presence. You know, I, I was good at communicating to the jurors, but the the, the legal pieces of the DUI and the the scientific parts of it, you know, I didn't know how complicated it was. I, I actually was was very very surprised at the work that was needed to actually prosecute DUI cases. Yeah, do it. DUI is complicated. You know, there's a lot of lot of science involved, and it's it's comp- really complicated cases. And as a defense attorney, it's even more com- complicated because you you have to find a way to, you know, to to win. <laughs> you know, DUI cases they're not sexy cases for a defense attorneys. You know, a lot of times jurors really don't like them. The law is usually against you, and and you got you know, great CHP officers who make damn good witnesses. Yeah. And in DUI cases, as I'm sure Bruce Capsack would tell you that the, the laws against you, the facts are against you. The, the judge is against you. The jury is not real excited about this, you know, so it's being the Perry Mason in a DUI case is tough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How long did you spend in the DA's office? I spent about three and a half, four years there. So, you know, being at the DA's office, it was a great experience. Lots of good attorneys, great judges. I mean, you really feel like you're somebody being a part of the DA's office, you know. Right. You're not stuck in some back room doing research in a cold environment. Exactly. No, it, it for me, it was great. A great, great experience. But I knew early on that I wasn't a career DA. I, I knew that in my heart that. You know, I, I wasn't a true prosecutor. So when you left the DA's office, what did you do? Well, you know, at the time that I was going through, you know, the, these, you know, these challenges, my, I had a, a buddy of mine that I went to law school with, George, who kept asking me to, to, to team up with him. You know, he, he did DUIs and he was, he was kind of like the younger version of Capsack. You know, he had these really bold, ideas about specializing in, in, in DUIs and traffic out here in Sacramento. And, you know, he had a whole marketing plan and all that, but he, he didn't have the experience. Now you've been a lawyer for quite a while. You've had prosecution experience, defense experience, civil experience, personal injury experience. What is it that you really like about practicing law? The criminal experience, you know, I've always been drawn to the excitement of being in court, you know, being, being a trial lawyer, 
you know, I, I really enjoy being a trial lawyer. And, and so, you know, that, that to me has been the greatest part of being an attorney. And then the, the, you know, the second part is now it's owning my own business. And there's a lot of great attorneys out there, but there are a lot of poor business men or women who struggle running the business part of things. Well, how has so, the business aspect of it gone for you? Well, I, I think it's gone very well. You know, I, you know, I've had, you know, I've, obviously I've had challenges and ups and downs, but, you know, I think in, in the early part of private practice, one of the, one of the biggest things for me was how to use my money and put it back in the business to grow the business. My dad was a, a developer and my grandfather was a contractor. And so I, I've been able to, you know, also develop these commercial buildings. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of that because, you know, I you know it, it takes a lot of money to do, but at the same time, you know, when it's all, all finished, you know, it, it really is a, a, a great accomplishment to have something that you can call your own. Yeah, absolutely. If someone were coming out of college and talking about going to law school, being a lawyer, would you recommend that? If it's something that they truly, truly want to do, you know, I mean, being a lawyer, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not easy, you know, people see, see the, you know, the, the, the good parts of it, you know, the nice cars, the money, the material things, but they don't see the the long hours you put in, you know, going to the jail at eight o'clock and staying there till, you know, nine and 10, you know, taking calls from clients at, at late night and, you know, early mornings and, you know, all of the grind work that you do, it's a hustle. And especially owning your own practice, you know, it's not like, you you know, you can, you can rely on a, a, a steady paycheck. I mean, you really have to, to hustle for, you know, for the money that you earn. What, if anything, would you change about the way the legal system works? Well, I, I definitely think, you know, there needs to be criminal justice reform. And I think it's been happening slowly. We're still a, a long way away. But, you know, like, for example, when we used to do all these drug cases back in the 90s and 2000s, all of that stuff has pretty much gone away now, you know. It really has, hasn't it? It has. Do you, do you think, the, do you think the, the legal system is fair? Do you think the criminal justice system is fair? Absolutely not. No, it, 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 the the rules are made up to target certain types of people, certain types of area. I think there's, you know, targeted prosecutions, targeted law enforcement areas that you know affect mainly black and brown people, people of, of low economic status. I think there there definitely needs to be reform. I think prosecutors sometimes feel that, you know. It's all about getting convictions, and, and that's a problem. I, I think the the attitude and these DA's offices they they have to change that that sort of attitude about just trying to get convictions all the time and, and really do justice and work for the people. You know, there's there's a lot of homeless challenges. There's there's people with mental abilities that make up the majority of the defendants in the criminal justice system. And you can't just put those people in a box and think that's going to solve the problem. 
they're still going to have these mental health challenges. They're still going to have economic challenges and homelessness. And they, they have to think of ways to, to deal with those things other than incarceration. What other sorts of things do you like to do? Any sort of recreational pursuits, travel experience? Oh, yeah, I love to travel. Where you been? What do you like? I, I just came back from Barbados recently. I was there for like three weeks. I've, I've lived in Thailand for six months. My wife, my current wife and I, we, we went out there and took a sabbatical. I've been pretty much, you know, throughout Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Cambodia. I, re- I really like Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Japan. And then I've also been to Central America. We, we traveled and, and lived in Nicaragua for two weeks on a farm with a family. It was uh, part of uh, a project my wife was doing. And we, we, we got to, you know, to, to see how some of the rural farmers in Nicaragua live and, and experience that whole thing. It's a great experience. In fact, we're, we're trying to go back there this year if we can. But yeah, traveling, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a trial lawyer, I think that traveling is a must because you have to be able to experience different cultures, to experience different types of people, the way they live, the way they eat. And that helps you when you're communicating with, with jurors, in my opinion. So Somebody told me that trial lawyers have to travel. You know, that's that's a must. And that's what I like to do. Let's say you came into some real money. Somehow you fell into three or four billion dollars. What, if anything, would you change in the way you live your life? You know, I thought about that recently because, you know, I think the lottery is like a, almost a billion dollars now. And I was thinking about going to get a ticket. And I was like, you know, what would I do if I actually won? But I... Yeah, what would you do if you actually won? I, I think I would still do the same thing I'm doing. You know, I, I mean, obviously, I, I think I, I could, I could, you know, not take as many cases that I that I have, and and maybe have more of a, a selective type of practice. But you know, I, I actually love what I do. I love helping people. I, I, I love, you know, getting justice when I can. I, I think that. Being a lawyer is who I am. You know, it's a, it's a part of me. I, I can't distinguish the, the two necessarily. And so <clears throat> I, I, I think I would continue doing what I'm doing. But I also would, would, would you know, have the resources to give back more in, into the community. And so one of the things that I'm doing next door, I, I was able to purchase a property next door to my Sacramento office where I'm, I'm developing a a property for the youth where they'll be able to come in and do events. They'll be able to have like a, a working space. And, and I, I want to bring in vocational uh, training as well as coding training to, to help the youth with some of the changes in technology that are taking place, artificial intelligence and those type of things to get ahead uh, in, in the world of technology. Let's say you had a magic wand. It was like one thing in the world, the legal world or otherwise, and you could change one thing. What what would that be? One thing, if I could change, would probably be the criminal justice system. You know, I, I think that, you know, prisons, jails, all of that stuff just doesn't work. 
Dion Choice, thanks so much for joining me today on Love Thy Lawyer. I've certainly enjoyed talking to you, and it's been fascinating hearing about your history. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com, where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks as always to my guests who share their wisdom, and to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Hart. I'm Lewis Goodman. You're always fighting somebody, you know, it was a client or the, the judge or, you know, somebody you're always, you're always dealing with some something, you know.